If so, if like he had an iPhone, then hundred percent he would have been playing Candy Crush. Yep. Or Angry Birds. Yep. Best fiends. <laughs> Speaking of this podcast, <laughs> <is> sponsor. <laughs> Hashtag not spons. Hashtag not spons. But would like spons. Would love spons. <laughs> yeah. Hit us up, best fiends. Hello and welcome to Our Lost Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 22-year-old actor and filmmaker from Alberta, Canada. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at The 100 Script on Twitter, and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. The item I would put in a time capsule would be all new Lost DVDs, and hopefully someone in the future could enjoy them. You know, assuming that DVD players still exist in the future. <laughs> I feel like... that. Discs will continue to exist, and and they'll be able to, to. Or depends. I could also, I could put DVDs, and I'll put a, a hard a drive in there with there like all the all the the stuff in there. There, too. there you go. You yeah. figured it out. Yeah. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 28 year old writer and TV critic from beautiful post apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass milfs and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. And the item I would put in a time capsule is a Minions fidget spinner. Try, try, like, someone, like, a hundred years from now opening that and going, what the hell is this thing? Try and explain it to them. You can't. I don't even want to comment. The fact that you would choose Minions when there are Princess Leia fidget spinners that exist is just disappointing. We're not going for, like, halfway chic. We're going for all the way parody here. You go hard or you go home. Try explaining a minion to someone in the future. Try, like, or the past. Like, say it's, like, 1830, and you're trying to explain a minion to someone. I'd rather not. What, like, what are the circumstances in which I have to explain this? I mean, I'm pretty sure that word existed before they became little yellow people. I, so, no, literally you'd be like, oh, well, they they kind of represent, like, a hive mind of, like, a borderline fascist society that they escaped from where they crave subjugation. And they're all yellow, and they some have one eye, and some have two eyes, and they wear denim, and then someone's like, what's denim? And then just a conversation goes right off the rails, because you're trying to explain jeans. I um, don't know her. Yeah, yeah, I, this is my least favorite topic. Can we go back to my favorite topic? My favorite topic right now is this one. Oh. I'm uncomfortable. Uh, okay, so Sam is here! Again, yay, Sam! Hey, it's me, Sam. Oh! Oh, she hit me. Sam and I are in the same room, which means that she can hit me at any time that she deems fit. She needs to clarify that it was with a pillow. Yeah, but it was a hard pillow. It's tiny fluff ball. Why don't you introduce yourself? And my name is Sam Coley. I'm a 25-year-old communications specialist in pre-apocalyptic Washington, D.C. I like ships in their 40s and making playlists. I'm a senior writer at Telltale TV, and I'm currently reviewing Supergirl and Blackish and soon The 100 when it comes back on April 24th. I am on Twitter at Sam Casey's, where you can find me yelling about TV, food, and feminism. I, the item I would put in a time capsule is all of Carrie Fisher's books, because I know about quality. That's actually a really good choice. Thank you so much. And I would like to point out, um, just like from the bottom of my heart, why do you think Washington, D.C. is pre-apocalyptic? Because in... Trump's in the White House. The apocalypse yeah, already happened. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's nigh. It's both. It's not. <laughs> yes. She's right, though. You know what? It's, You're right. It's both possible that the apocalypse is nigh, 
And also a reference to the hundred because it's set in the post-apocalyptic version of Washington, <gasps> D.C. This joke works on a couple levels. <laughs> yeah, thanks. That's my baby! And Brittany didn't catch any of them until just now. <laughs> and no one is surprised that I somehow missed the subtlety of anything. <laughs> I'm a surface person! Today we have words to say about episode 122 of Lost, Born to Run. Okay, so this episode is called Born to Run. I just it said is, that. Um, <laughs> uh, so what it's kind of named after is a famous 1975 album and song by Bruce Springsteen. It it's speaks lit. of a yep. couple who, like Kate and Tom, dream of driving away from their small town. So it's relevant. And also, of course, you know, it's Kate and she's just continually trying to run away from everything. Her theme song, essentially. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, The broadcast date was May 11th, 2005, and it was written by, uh, actually, the teleplay was by Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz, and the story was by Javier Grigio Marshwatch, which I now can just pronounce because I know what it is now. Just applauding you for doing it flawlessly. (laughs) And um, I think there's actually a fun fact here. Oh, hold up, hold up. Oh, here it is. This is one of only three episodes, along with Pilot Part 1 and Pilot Part 2, to have a teleplay credit and a story credit. So basically what that means is that the story was created by someone else, and then the Mm -hmm. script was written by um, Adam and... Edward Kitsis. Gotcha. Hmm. So, Javi basically probably broke down most of the story, did the one sheet, the beat sheet, things like that, and then yeah. the script is written by the other two. Yeah. Uh, and it was directed by Tucker Gates, who I think we've had as a director before in this season. I like Tucker as a name. It's a good name. It's a strong name. You'd be like, what's your name? Tucker. Let me see what else he... He That's also did name. Confidence Man in translation and Born to Run so far, and then he did a couple of, of other ones. In one more in season three and three in season six. So I like that he also did Confidence Man because I feel like Confidence Man in this episode are very much um, of the same sort of spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with like who Kate and Sawyer are as characters and like the people they've damaged like along the way. These are very similar episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brittany is now going to recap the episode and she's going to try and do it in one minute or less in the style of lost in eight minutes and 15 seconds and uh yeah she's going to be sped up almost certainly <laughs> yeah I <laughs> I'm gonna fail fam okay <clears throat> I, I just you. had a lot to say I love you even when you sound like a chimp thank you I think <laughs> okay ready Charlie's excited that he's going to be famous for being a plane crash survivor, but Kate isn't into it. She tries to worm her way onto Michael's raft, but Michael has his own problems to deal with. Locke finally leads Jack and Saeed to a super secret clubhouse, aka the hatch. Michael contemplates kicking Sawyer off the raft in favor of taking Kate. Sawyer confronts Kate. Tension. Michael suddenly falls super ill. Jack thinks Michael was poisoned. Betrayal! Charlie and Claire are a happy married couple doing married things like planning their future together with Turniped. Kate and Jack argue. Jack doesn't trust Kate. Awkward. Walt wants Locke to know that he wasn't the one who poisoned Michael, but oh, also not to open the hatch. Michael thinks Sawyer poisoned him because apparently he missed out on Sawyer's character development. Sawyer accuses Kate of being a felon. Kate confesses, but she didn't poison Michael. Plot twist, Sun did, but she meant to poison Jin to stop him from leaving. Whoops! Sawyer won't apologize for accusing Kate, and Kate won't for trying to take his spot. Bummer. Walt finally confesses to burning the first raft. He ominously says they have to leave the island because he's a totally normal kid. Oh, and it turns out it was Kate's idea for Sun to poison Jin. 
In the past, Kate wears a blonde wig and cries at the letter she receives. Turns out someone named Diane is dying of cancer, and Kate can't even visit her on account of her being like a wanted felon. Yikes. She hits up an old flame, Tom, to hook Diane up with an MRI. They both head out into the woods to dig up an old time capsule of theirs. Kate and Tom kiss. It's sad. Turns out Diane is Kate's mom, and she's terrified of Kate. Kate and Tom bolt. The police corner them, and Tom gets shot. Kate runs away one more time. Dope. Yay, Kate! Good job. So we're going to really quickly talk about some of this uh, stuff that doesn't really fit in with the main storyline. For example, the stuff with them at the hatch. <laughs> so Jack, Saeed, and Locke are all at the hatch. Locke knew about it for three whole weeks, but Jack didn't know about it, which is a crime. How dare. And Locke's literally like, wow, sorry. I mean, no, it was against the law to not tell you something. Here's the thing, though. Locke not telling someone something got Boone killed. So where's yeah. the hot? Where is his high ground here? I get his point. Yeah, he's not beholden to Jack, but bro, you got Boone killed. Could you show a little humility? Yeah, that's true. And he's like, well, sorry, because like you had a bunch of guns and you didn't tell anybody about that. So, which is true. That's fair. Then they talk about discretion, and I think that discretion is like a huge thing for Jack this episode. Because they talk about discretion here, and then later he even says the word discretion. But he's even using his best discretion after he finds out that Sun was the one who poisoned Michael. Uh And he says, no, I won't tell anyone. They don't need to know. True. So that's his... I feel like that's a whole thing for him. I think that's like him as a character considering his job. Yeah. I loved this moment where he's just like, okay, well, let's open it. And Saeed's like, what? uh what? That's, so, the That's not what I wanted at all. So how do we open it? What? You want to open it? Yeah. We should bury it. I brought you here to talk him out of this insanity. Anything could be inside. Best case scenario, there's supplies. Worst case, we use it as a shelter. Actually, Jack, I can think of much worse cases than that. You notice anything about this hatch? There's no handle. Could the reason for that be more obvious? Maybe it was never meant to be opened from the outside. She's like, this is not what I expected to happen at all. What? And me and Sam are sitting there going, open it, open it, open it. <laughs> it's like a racking shot where he's like, okay, well, let's open it. Racks to Saeed. What? <laughs> Saeed looks at the camera like he's on the office. Womp womp. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think he thinks is down there? Something dangerous? Oh, I, absolutely. Yeah. Like, well, here's the hypothetical is... If you were on the island, would you want to bury the hatch or go in the hatch? Go in the hatch. I would want to go in the hatch, and I think Robin would want to bury it. I think we're <laughs> biased, because we know what's in the hatch. No, I my curiosity would overtake me. Yeah, Honestly, true. I feel like I would probably tell somebody else about it and make them decide, because... If I find something like that, like, clearly he and Boone did a lot of digging. And to be honest, I'm too lazy to do that. Sometimes you are so Slytherin. So that's somebody else's thing. Yeah. That can be somebody else's problem. I'm just like, hey, I found a thing. What should we do? I probably wouldn't have dug it up because I am also lazy. Yeah. But I would have opened it. Mm. I I don't care how deep it is. I just want to know what's in it. Yeah. But also, I feel like it would just not open, and then I'd be like, oh, so this thing doesn't open. Never mind. Oh, man, that would drive me even more nuts. I would not give up. I would would not give- my thing is, like, I can't leave something unfinished. Mm. If it's, like, a project, I will dig at it until it's done. Yeah. Right. 
And, like, for me, if I'm on this island and this is the first man-made object I've seen in a really long time, to me that would, like, be some kind of connection to home and I'd have to open it. Right. Whereas Saeed is probably like, this is more trouble than it's worth. I've seen enough bad things to know that I don't want to have anything to do with this. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what Saeed thinks is down there. Other than maybe a trap. Like, my thought is, like, does he think that it's a dangerous person? A dangerous animal? A dangerous, like, virus? I don't know. Yeah, because it's, like, what kind of things do you end up burying? And a lot of the time, it's things like that. Yeah. Charlie's playing guitar, and Claire's cutting his hair for him. Because they're married. Because they're married. And he's like, hey, you can live with me in L.A. for a while while you figure things out. And she's like, okay, thanks. And then he talks about... Monster Eats the Pilot, which is the the song that he's working on. So, like, he's going to ha- make this new album that's all about, like, his, his like, experiences on this island. And I think that's nice. But is it me or does Claire kind of seem to be, like, not 100% on board the L.A. idea? To I me, think- there was a little bit of redi- uh, uh, reticence there. I don't think she's not necessarily on board. I just don't think that she thinks it's going to, like, happen as easily yeah, as Charlie does. Yeah, like, it's a far-fetched right. idea, considering yeah. where they are. Yeah, I wouldn't say that she's opposed, but I think that she's just, like, not really thinking it's going to happen. Okay, fair enough. All right, so uh, Kate is playing with her toy plane, and Charlie's talking to her about how there must be a record spike once they figured out he was dead or whatever, and so when Mm -hmm. he comes back, everyone's going to totally freak out. It's going to be awesome. I mean, same. Yeah. And he's like, don't you want to be famous? It's going to be awesome. And Kate's like, I'm already famous. Just (laughs) not for great reasons. Yeah. So she's like, do you think it's going to work? And he's like, yeah, dude, like, that's a boat. Like, that's not even a raft. Like, that's heckin' big. (laughs) So there's there's a ruckus going on. And we meet our friend, Dr. Leslie Arzd. (laughs) Oh, buddy. Why are we listening to Arzd? Because I'm a doctor and you're a hillbilly. You're a damn high school science teacher. Hey, Sawyer, just let the man talk. It's been raining every afternoon. That means that we are on the cusp of monsoon season. Monsoon season is bad. Now, the trade winds are blowing north right now. Shipping lanes are north. So north is exactly where you want to be. What's that mean? That means when the monsoon season hits, the trade winds are going to shift to the south. The raft goes with the wind. Can anyone tell me what is the only piece of land that's south of us? Antarctica. That's right, Jack. Antarctica. So when do we have to leave? Yesterday. We love him. Genuinely. He's a pal. Um, I remember when my cousin Aaron came on the podcast, we were like, okay, well, who are a couple of your couple of your favorite characters? And he said, my main favorite character is Arzd. <laughs> so Arzd is telling them that he knows that monsoon season is coming and they got to get the heck out of here or else they're going to go south. You know what I thought was interesting? I found a lot of interesting things in this like specific scene because I love Arzd. He has a special place in my heart. Okay. And I really thought about a lot of this episode uh, or uh, this scene here okay um sawyer goes you're not a doctor you're a science teacher and it's like when did sawyer learn this has he been having chats with dr arst okay but you know he has that's nice and he remembered you know he has that's nice but also science teachers are really smart 
Yeah. I like, mean, so not what necessarily would, ours, but... Yeah, but, like, what would Sawyer know about anything? <laughs> yeah. True. It becomes abundantly clear how little Sawyer knows about, like, weather or going on boats or doing anything relevant to this trip in this episode. And it's like, mm-hmm. why are you going? Like, what is your purpose here? Yeah. My favorite thing about this scene, though, is the fact that Dr. Arzd is a science teacher, and he's literally teaching them like they're his students. He literally goes like, okay, and so here's what we're learning. Can anybody tell me <laughs> what the what the next uh, mass of land is when we get here? Next? And anybody? Jack's like, I know, because I'm a nerd. And Jack goes, Antarctica. And he goes, very good, Jack. You should have put up your hand, though. <laughs> but th- the genius thing about scenes like this is... You know, you present it as, oh, you know, they're quizzing the characters. But for us, it's dumbing down the subject matter enough so that audiences feel like this information is accessible without being condescended to. Right. Which is what I always enjoy scenes like this. Like, I always enjoy information dumps where it's done in a way that I don't feel stupid for not getting it in the first place sort of thing. Mm-hmm. That's my thoughts on that. <laughs> There's actually a thing that seems to be a continuity error in this Mm -hmm. because it says an apparent continuity error arises with Arzd's claim in this episode that there were they were on the cusp of monsoon season despite the absence of continuous torrential rain in the season finale or thereafter the producers addressed this issue on the podcast stating Arzd is an idiot (laughs) (laughs) oh my god so Arzd was just straight up wrong not only was he straight up wrong, but there's actually a... So there's this thing called The Missing Pieces that um, they released in between season three and season four that was kind of like pieces of the show that I, are missing, you know? Like yeah. little things to fill in other things. And there's a there's one called Tropical Depression uh, about Arst, and he says that uh, he admits he made up the story about the monsoon season because he wanted them to launch the raft as soon as possible. Why? That's a spoiler. <laughs> okay. So, but yeah, he's not totally stupid. Basically, they thought he was stupid and they were like, ooh, let's make it so he lied, actually. Interesting. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I find Arst super interesting. So, that's why I want to talk about him so much. But literally teaching them Antarctica, leave yesterday. Great moment. Great moment. I love this moment where he goes, okay, well, when can, when should we leave? Like, when should we have left left or whatever? And he goes, yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah, he just drops that bomb. Great stuff. Great stuff. Okay, my next note was walk through new sand. So what I was kind of thinking uh, is how interesting it was that you can see Saeed and, or not Saeed, uh, Michael and Kate walking through the sand, but it's clear that uh, it's brand new sand. Like nobody, like they're making footprints. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I thought it was interesting that at first I thought this must be like their first take or like somebody's going in and like filling in their footprints. Like, that's amazing. And then I realized, Robin, there's something called the tide. And <laughs> I feel like that's probably what happened, buddy. I feel like you're a really special person. Yeah. Yeah. But I figured it out. Well, I was really impressed with the crew and then I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> like, God bless you. You're so special. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kate wants to go on the raft, but he's like, sorry, it's heckin' full. There's four people on the raft, and we have four people. That's a number. (laughs) And, uh, she's like, listen, Sawyer doesn't even deserve to be on the raft, because he's kind of garbagey, and he doesn't even know how to sail. 
And she's like, well, if you won't kick off Sawyer, like, it's pretty dangerous for Walt. Like, maybe you should go and then come back for him. And Michael's like, no. Because he even says to Walt later, it's going to be hard to find the island again. So it's not like Michael's going to be like, okay, bye. See, see you later. See you later. Good luck. I'll come back for you. But either way, Kate's just trying to get somebody off the, off the raft. If I were going to try and get someone off the raft, I'd probably go for Jin. Well, that's what she does. His son's like, I hope oh, Jin yeah, is right. on the raft. And she's just like, oh, I have an idea. Yeah, like, you're right. She, she doesn't care who it is that doesn't go on the raft. Yeah. She just needs her to be on it. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Uh, the next scene we have is Jin uh, won't really speak to Sun, And she's like, are you going? And he says yes. And so. it's like, do you really think he would have gone without her? What do you mean? Huh? Jin and Sun. What? He's planning to go without her. But do you really think he, does. he would have? Oh, he does? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, well, I forgot. Okay. <laughs> no, yeah, he goes. They're there. The people, the people who we think are going on the raft are, like, do go on the raft. I forgot. Okay. It's okay. Sawyer goes to talk to Michael, and he's just like, hey, dude, this might be dumb, but why are we packing fish when we'll be surrounded by fish? Sawyer is dumb. I love him, but he's dumb. He's a little dumb. Like, he, you know, he has a lot of pop culture in his brain, but not Mm -hmm. a lot of logic. Yeah. It's like, just reach your hand down in the ocean, buddy, and grab you some lunch. That's how that works. Fish migrate real close to the surface of the middle of the ocean, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting that, you know, Michael, this, this seed has been planted in his brain that Sawyer might not be the best person to have. And now he's looking for excuses to get rid of Sawyer. So it's like Sawyer mm-hmm. comes up and he's like, hey, I have a question. And Michael's like, um, I'm busy. And he's like, okay, well, let me ask my question. And I guess Michael's like, okay, well, now you're being annoying. So maybe, maybe you're not the best person to have. I definitely think that that's part of Kate's genius. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is Kate can infect anyone with an idea. He calls Jin Sulu, and that's a Star Trek reference. Also racist. Yep. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Uh, a Japanese character, which also, he's Korean. He's Korean. In the original Star Trek series, Daniel Day Kim has played two different Star Trek characters during his career, although neither were related to Sulu. Wait, what? <laughs> who do, Who is Daniel Day Kim? I don't know. I have to, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Because I will understand more than you will. Yeah, probably. I'm guessing he was in probably Voyager or DS9 or Enterprise. Corporal Chang? Yeah, but what show was it? Yeah, uh, was a human male absurd military? Um, Memory Alpha? Memory Alpha? That's the Star Trek Lostpedia. Uh, Okay. Affiliation, rank, occupation, status, played by Daniel Day Kim. Enterprise? Yeah. Enterprise. Does that make sense? He was Corporal Chang in three episodes of Enterprise. And he was in Voyager as an astronaut. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it, fam. Pardon. Oh, that's interesting. On the Star Trek wiki, it says Kim was rumored to be up for the role of Sulu in J.J. Abrams' Star Trek. But the <gasps> role went to John, Tro- John Cho. That's interesting. Oh, Daniel Day Kim would have been wonderful. Wow, that's cool that that he was called that and lost and then... But also, we know Sulu is Japanese, so why would they... What's what's John Cho's ethnicity? He's Korean too, what the heck? If he's supposed to be Japanese, what's going on here? I mean, I feel like you know what's going on here. 
Yeah, I do. <laughs> okay. Ugh. Next. Sawyer talks about how Michael's going to vote him off the raft, which is a reference to Survivor. Survivor, where is it here? Uh, gave the producers the original idea for Lost. So really? That's cool. Yeah. People sur- stranded on an island? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know. They don't correlate at all. I didn't write- <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> I didn't realize that Survivor came before Lost. Of course it did. Yeah. It says, uh, shortly before the finale aired, the main cast of Lost filmed a crossover video with the host of Survivor, jokingly suggesting that the entire series took place as part of that reality show. That would be amazing. So that's funny. He's like, well, maybe take, uh, maybe Kate should take your place. And he's like, how dare. So he goes to find Kate and she's busy burning Joanna's passport. Joanna's the girl who drowned when uh boone and jack tried to save her guys i have a question okay yes does kate actually know how to sail i don't know like is she lying or i feel like she's lying i feel like it could go either way yeah i feel like she's done enough weird stuff i think i could probably be down for either answer that's true but it's like given what we know of kate's childhood she doesn't seem like she would have learned to do that as a kid no i don't think she meant that she did it as a kid I think she meant that she did it at some point yeah. when she was, like, on the run. Yeah. I thought you... Hmm. Now, why true? she would need to know that at any point? Well, we know her dad was a military man, and so that's why she... And they used to go hunting together. Mm-hmm. So it's weird to me that she would do, like, woods things and water things. That's not weird. Yeah, that's, like, Girl Scouts. People do that. Oh. But, like, she's, like, a master in tracking so it's like you can be a master in two things that's dope (laughs) i can't it's called being a complex person robin i'm trying to find exactly what she said to michael so i found that line and kate says i spent two summers crewing j boats see to me that's a j boat is to me, that's a very like New York upbringing sort of thing. Like just because that's what my cousins did mm-hmm. is during the summers they would run camps where that's what they did, and that was when they were teenagers. So that's why I was assuming that Kate did it when she was young. Oh, that makes sense to me because I always thought it was like a summer camp type of thing as well. It uh, yeah, to me, and it the is. fact that she knows what J boats mean, I don't even know what J boats means. So uh, I just looked it up. What is I'm it? sure she, but also she grew up in Iowa. It's a type of high performance sailboat. Is Iowa near for New York? Day sailing. Iowa's not racing. near New York. Is Iowa near a body of water? No, Iowa's like. So Kate's just bound. expertly lying again. Maybe. No, I think. Well, she's been. So she, gone or she did it. In, yeah, or she did it in her adult life. Right. Yeah, I feel yeah. like she did okay. it as an adult. Okay. Okay. Like, I feel like someone who's on the run has odd jobs their whole life. That's true. Sawyer has figured out that she is the prisoner, which makes sense to me. And I thought that he would have, like, told her outright a little bit sooner just because back in Outlaws in 116, they both confessed to killing people. Well, I mean, that's when he figured it out, right? Yeah. So, But now is when he's being like, you were the prisoner. I think it's because he was willing to keep her secret until she turned on him. Right. Like, he probably, he, not even probably, he obviously feels betrayed. Yes. 
And I don't blame him. Yeah, especially because, yeah. like, even if they're not, like, supposed to be lovers yet, like, at least they're friends. Yeah, especially because in the last couple episodes, Sawyer's done nothing but make amends with people, reach out to people, try and be helpful, especially with the Boone situation. He offers to go with Kate to help. Yeah. Like, so to him, he and Kate have some kind of bond, I suppose. So for her to turn around and stab him in the back, he's probably kicking himself for letting someone get close to him again. Yes. Mm-hmm. I really liked this line that he said about how um, he, he like painted a picture of exactly what's going to happen if they get rescued. He mm-hmm. was like, once we get back to wherever, there's going to be a big asterisk next to your name and they're going to take you away. And that's probably all Kate's thought about the entire time. Yeah. Anyway, I like the word asterisk. Okay, so um, she's like, listen, if I want your spot, I'll get it. Cute. But she doesn't. But like, I, I, I'm of two minds here where it's like, oh, the betrayal of Sawyer, but also, God, Kate's a badass. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so Michael asks for water and Walt gives it to him. I noticed that there is two water bottles there. So it's like, it's kind of Walt's fault. And if Jin had gotten poisoned instead would he have stayed or would he have toughed it out he probably would have stayed you think if he was sick and like sick on top of not being able to speak english right i think that would have been a perfect storm of problems for him right i mean i guess my only thought would be that like he put so much work into this like even when sawyer and michael and walt were like taking a break last or like maybe not last episode but the episode before Mm -hmm. Jin continued to work and like or maybe it was last episode. It was. It was? I don't know. <laughs> Robin just had an entire conversation with herself. <laughs> was it? What? Yes, it... Yeah, it was, because your favorite line award was, she likes me? Or was that the one before? Do you want me to answer or do you know the answer? No, I don't know the answer. I feel like it was the episode before. Anyway, continuing on. I just wanted to give snaps to Harold for this this scene. Because the, like, very gradual, like, you can see when you know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. you can see him get progressively st- sicker within this, like, one-minute conversation. Harold is a truly a very fine actor. Yeah, he does a really great job. Walt is talking, like, why is Sawyer so angry with you? And it's because he wanted on the raft because he knows it'll work. And he's like, okay, well, will we come back for everybody? And he's like, well, you know, we'll try. And it's like, that is not encouraging. It's not encouraging. And frankly, I don't have a lot of faith in it. Nope. (laughs) Um, He falls ill suddenly. Um, Walt goes and finds Son and Kate. And he's like, oh, no, my dad is sick. And, like, you know that it was, like, when you're watching it a second time, you know that it was Kate and Claire who did, or Kate and Son who did it. So they're like, he's like, oh, no, my dad's sick. And Kate and Son look at each other like, womp. (laughs) Womp, womp. Oopsie. Whoopsie Daisy, wrong person. Like I love like looking back, you're like, oh yeah, it was kind of obvious the whole time, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, they find Jack and he's talking about how, you know, he's been drinking a lot of water. He's been getting it from the caves just like everybody else. We need to launch the raft tomorrow, so I can't rest, but like he has to. I love like the determined dad trope. Yeah. Where he's like, I'm gonna make this happen because I gotta get my kid off this island. Yes. And Art said I had to leave. Stupid arts. Um, he's like, okay, well, or Locke is talking to Jack and saying, is it heat stroke? And he's wait, like, no, was it wait, bad? Wait, I just, I just remembered how arts dies. Shh. 
Why are you laughing? <laughs> it's so bad. That's spoilers. <laughs> okay, we'll put in the spoilers. <laughs> okay, okay. Heat stroke. No, you would have felt that coming on. Bad fruit, maybe? Raw fish? Michael and Jen are on the same diet. And Jen's fine. Jen's fine. Whatever's making him sick was metabolized fast. It hit him quick and it hit him hard. So you think it was the water? No, I don't think it was the water. I think it was something in the water. Was it food poisoning? No, because he's been eating the same thing as Jin. How cute is it that they've been eating? Like, are they like preparing their food together and like, you know, everything that Jin makes, he gives some to Michael and Walt and like, I don't yeah, know. It's just nice. Cute. They're sharing and they're best friends. Yeah. I like them. But either way, he's like, I think it was something in the water because they found some like white powder residue uh, in a water bottle. It's interesting to me that they're like all sharing all water bottles. Like he finishes his water bottle and puts it in the pile with everybody else's water bottles. I definitely thought he was, it was his appendix at first because he was clutching the exact place. Ooh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I'm glad that Jack was there because I would have been like, no, guys, no, it's his appendix. I know for a fact. Right. <laughs> like you're a doctor. Someone do an appendectomy right now. Exactly. Right. Pretty would have like taken her sea knife and just stabbed him up and I would, I would, I like, I am a hundred percent. We talked about this um, on Everett's episode, but like, I am that person who would watch the thing about how to give a tracheotomy and then maybe try it. You're ridiculous. Brittany. Yeah. I mean, I'd probably chicken out, but I, I would delude myself into thinking I could do it. This is a note to anyone listening. If you ever see me choking in public with Brittany, don't let her slice me open. <laughs> maybe I need a life alert. <laughs> Please wear a life alert from now on. Can you bedazzle it? Help, my girlfriend has sliced me open and I can't get back up. <laughs> Be like, ma'am, that sounds like murder. <laughs> no, she was trying to stop me from choking. Oh my God. All right. Um, so Jack goes to talk to Michael and he's saying, are you feeling any better? And he's like, ah, kinda. Are you and Locke friends again? And he's like, no. And he's like, cool. Me neither. <laughs> we are never, ever, ever getting back together. I love it. He's like, here, drink from this other bottle instead. And he's like, wait, hold up. You think that somebody tried to do this to me? He's like, it must have been Sawyer because I made him mad. Have you noticed that every time something bad happens, someone jumps to Sawyer as the logical conclusion? It reminds me of like Walkabout when there were like boars all over the place and he was like rummaging through the, the uh, fuselage. And Jack was like, ugh, mm. it's Sawyer. And Sawyer was like, right behind you, jackass. Everyone always suspects Sawyer. And only once was it Sawyer. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Sawyer's like, what the hell? You mess up one time catastrophically. And all of a sudden, you're the enemy. Yep. <laughs> they go and talk to Hurley. And he's talking about how Michael and Jen are like a married couple. And it's very cute. They know that Kate is trying to get on the raft because she's a fugitive. And he's like, oh, snap. Locke didn't actually know this. How how am I supposed to keep track? You can't always give all the information to the island gossip. I think there's actually a line in the series that says, if Hurley knows, everyone knows. Yep. Like, uh, I'm pretty sure that's actually a line in the show. In my family, it's if my pop knows, then everyone knows. Mm -hmm. Because we call it the Hooper family pipeline. Gotcha. Actually, you know what? It's not even my pop. It's, it's that we're all gossips. But if my mom knows something, by the end of the day, it's gone through the Hooper family pipeline. We all know it. Right. Doesn't matter what it is. That's Hurley. Hurley's the island gossip. 
Hurley is having a hard time keeping track of who knows what because Scott didn't even know about the polar bear. Well, I feel bad for them. I feel bad for Hurley who has to like be like, I'm not good at keeping secrets and you're asking me to keep a lot of them and I don't know. Well, why do people keep giving him secrets in the first place? It's true. Well, I mean, he's just trying to keep them all straight. He he discovered that Kate was he was the first person to discover that Kate was a fugitive. So, do you think Hurley keeps a diary of all the secrets of the island somewhere? That would be nice, just like Claire's. Yeah, yeah, and it has a lock on it. Yeah, yeah, and he always he's always mm-hmm. losing the key, so he doesn't have a lot in there. Yeah, not a lot of content, but you know, it helps with his stress levels. Locke is saying you should probably tell people about this, and Jack is like, um, discretion, Locke. Locke's like, okay. Locke's like, what's Kay. discretion? I really feel like people... No, Locke knows what discretion. I know. From Kate's perspective, obviously I don't want people to know I'm a fugitive, but from, like, mm-hmm. Claire perspective, sure would be nice to know that my best friend is evil. That's a good point. I mean, T. Yeah, that's a very good point. I mean, if I was son, I'd be like, whoa, hold up, what? You've killed somebody? We ain't friends. <laughs> but, I mean, this is from nah. the same person who, like, son... Like, willingly was like, let's poison gin. So, like... That's true. That's true. Sun's moral compass is a little off. Yeah. Yeah, she's not had a very sheltered life, either. Oh, yeah, duh, because gin killed people. Yeah. True. Yeah, and her dad was, like, like a mob boss or whatever. She's like, I'm used to chilling with people who are murderers. Yeah, those are, that's, like, the people that Sun's most comfortable with. Have you killed at least one person? Yes, you can be my friend. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, so Kate goes up to Jack and she's like, hey, so, uh, how's Michael? And he's like, oh yeah, he'll be okay. And she's like, oh, does somebody, this is like so off. Like this is like too soon, bro. Yeah. She comes she up and she's like, right. is somebody going to like take him, take his place or whatever? And he's like, dude, seriously? Are, like you might not want to make yourself a subject right now. He's like, was it you who did it? And she pauses way too long. She takes like, way too long to answer. Like, was she trying to implicate herself to, like, make it, to take the pressure off of Sun? Like, what was happening here? I have no idea. Usually Kate is way more fast on her feet. Yeah. But she literally goes, do you think I'm capable of that? And he's like, I don't heckin' know. I don't know. And she's like, ugh. And she leaves. But, like, there is no heat on Sun right now. There's no yeah. heat on Sun. No one's thinking about that. But maybe it was a test for Jack. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Where now she was like, like what What would he do if he thought it was me? And he failed her test. Right. Don't test your friends. It's not nice. Yeah, that's not chill. No. Walt comes up to Locke. Locke's leg hurts, which is great because before the whole thing was that it didn't hurt and he had no feeling in his legs. So either the island has given him back feeling in his legs because they got the sacrifice that they demanded, which was Boone, or mm-hmm. Locke is lying to Walt to make it seem less weird. What do you mean less weird? Like, if he was like, oh, yes, I had an accident. Yes, like, this giant gash in my leg. Oh, does it hurt? No. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I think, you know what? Having heard that then, I I would think it was the second one. Okay, okay. Yeah. Because that doesn't that just sound like something Locke would do? Just be like, yeah, sure, it hurts. Uh-huh. Yeah. Totally. Walt tells Locke he's not the one who poisoned his dad, and Locke's like, dude, that's totally okay. Like, I didn't think it was you. I know that you would never actually try and hurt your dad. And so he touches his arm there to, like, try and make him feel better, and Walt just has this, like, visceral reaction 
like, I guess he just, you know, Walt's special. We know that he has powers. So, so he just kind of gets this feeling, I guess. It's just like, whoa, the island needs me to tell you something? Question mark? I feel like it's a premonition. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't, mm, I don't know exactly what he would see. Yeah. Like pertaining to him. I know it's in the shack. The hatch. Right. I'm going to put a spoiler section thing down for this because I want to talk a little bit more, bit more yeah, about that. Yeah, thank you for reading my mind. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, so now Sawyer goes up to Michael and hands him like a Pepto-Bismol type of thing and he's like, hey, I feel better, <laughs> lol. Thought you might need that, boss. Wouldn't want our pilot out of commission before takeoff. But you feeling guilty? What? You're off the raft. Come again? You're off the raft. We had a deal. Yeah, well, the deal ended the minute you decided to poison me. I did what now? I'm done with you. You ain't done with me by a damn sight. You said you needed four. I got four. You been stealing stuff off of dead bodies, keeping it for yourself, using it to buy favors? You're a liar and a criminal, and I'm not letting you near my boy. Oh, I'm a criminal, huh? I poisoned you because I'm a criminal. Get your hands off me, boy. You're the one who poisoned me. And Sawyer was like, um, excuse me very much? Sawyer was like, I literally, like, sarcastically came over here trying to help you, but secretly a little bit really did want to help. How dare you not read my subtext? He was like, I thought of this joke an hour ago, and I thought this was a good time to come over and make it. You didn't even think it was funny? Like, why didn't you appreciate my humor? How dare? No one on this island appreciates my humor except me, and I can't laugh at all my own jokes. Because then people (laughs) are going to think I'm weird. And it's like, honey, people already think you're weird. So he's like, listen, Sawyer, you can't be on the raft anymore. And he's like, what the heck? Like, I didn't poison you. And he's like, well, you're garbage either way. And he's like, okay. And then Jin goes and protects Michael. Because they're best friends. Because they're best friends now, even though they tried to hurt each other a lot before. So I have a question for you in terms of, like, your opinion on Sawyer. Okay. Is, do you believe that he truly did earn his way onto that raft? It really seems to me that, like, not a lot of people actually want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like the four people who actually do end up going plus Kate are the only people that really want on the raft. Mm-hmm. So I feel like Sawyer did m- more than Kate did. True. You know, he helped out with a, a bunch of stuff and and he's been hanging out with Michael and Walt and Jin like, I assume he's helping build it. The only other time we've seen it is when he started having headaches and he was kind of looking out for arsonists, which I think is what he said. But yeah. I, I definitely think that of all the of the five people who want to be on the raft, the person who doesn't deserve to go on the raft the most is Kate. I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. She's done the least amount of things for it. So, Because for me, the slight hiccup would be that Sawyer bought his way onto the raft using other people's stolen goods, which for right. me, you know, you know, there's a little bit of a gray area there, but you're right. Sawyer earned his place on that raft by wanting to be on the raft in the first place. Yeah. And believing in it before anyone else did. And I think that would be, it's almost more valuable than anything else. Yeah. yeah. That's nice. Yeah. I love Sawyer. I really do. Wow, even, you love Sawyer? Shocking. Even season one Sawyer, like, he 
he becomes an okay person. Like, he learns, and that's what's important. Like, even if you're garbage at some point, as long as you learn and you grow and you become better because you you know better, then I think you're still a good person. Well, like, yes. listen to me. Listen to me. Here's the tea. Everyone's garbage at some point. Yeah. yeah. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you came from. Do not quote the Backstreet Boys at me. <laughs> You have been garbage at some point. It's what you do after that that counts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as long as it's not, like, garbage garbage. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't be illegal garbage. Right. And if it's illegal garbage, make sure it's not gross illegal garbage. Well, then again, you know, Sawyer did some illegal garbage, but he never got caught. (laughs) Yeah, but not gross illegal garbage. Yeah, and he, you know, he felt bad about it after. I don't know. It's just like we live in a culture where everything is black and white and there's no redemption for anyone. Right. And I personally am very much on board the Scorched Earth campaign just because I feel like, you know, on the pendulum shift of where we are now, we're definitely swinging up high and we haven't fallen back to the middle yet. So Mm -hmm. personally, if we have problems with redemption in society right now, that's okay. We're going to figure it out. But it's nice to see it in like, in a narrative sense, because then you can see, okay, maybe there is hope. Right. You know, maybe we're not a broken society. Maybe we we can figure it out again. And I think that's nice. Sam's just looking at me like, what? What? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know what I said either. She just went in. Sometimes I have Britney's soapbox moments on, on the podcast, yeah. and that's, like, my one smart thought of the day. And then they go away. Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> and then I go back to talking about Minion Fidget Spinners. So he grabs I'm a Kate complex person because he knows that he can get himself back on the raft. Even after he said, "Don't worry, Kate, your secret's safe with me," he comes out and he's just like, mm, "I don't think so." And it's interesting because at the very end of the episode, Jack, like she says, "Jack won't tell anybody," and she's like, "Yeah, Jack's good at keeping secrets. You know who's not good at keeping secrets? The other part of my love triangle. What the heck?" <laughs> Everyone on that island can't keep a secret. Points off for you, Sawyer. No points. Also Hurley. Yeah, true. You know um, who's actually good at keeping secrets? Kate? Yes. Um, but also Sun and also Saeed. Yep. True. Yep. Oh my faves! Literally. Mm-hmm. And Jin, but it's because he doesn't understand any of the secrets. Yeah. <laughs> God, someone needs to help Jin out. Someone help Jin. Um He's learning. He takes her backpack and he tells everybody that she is a criminal and she only cares about herself he like you know has the passport of joanna and blah 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 which honestly like isn't wrong but also i applaud kate's ingenuity in figuring out how to cheat her way through that because in the digital age now that would not fly nope so she has a bit of a flashback and then she comes back and she's like okay so like yeah to most things but no to the poison thing i didn't do that (laughs) she's like i'm guilty of a lot of crap that's a crap I'm not guilty of. I didn't do that physically. Was it yeah. my idea? Yes, but I didn't do it myself. <laughs> the best part of this is like everyone's half right. Yeah. So then everyone just kind of walks away from her and it's kind of sad, but also you're like, well. You kind of did dig your own grave there. Yeah. So Jack goes up to Sun, tells her that he knows that she did it. Unfortunately, the bottles were mixed up. Well, not unfortunately. I don't know. It shouldn't have happened either way. So I, does that make sense? I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah, the the moral of that story is don't friggin' poison people. Yeah, just don't poison people. Sam has her hand up. She would like to say something. Uh, Yes, Sam? I have a question. How would you react to Sawyer exposing Kate if you were there and, like, you were her friend? 
Um, hmm. Because, like, Shannon and Charlie and Claire all look at her like, dang, we don't want to be a friend no more. I think that it would be halfway between, like, ooh, drama. Oh, okay, interesting. And halfway between, like... Okay. Well, they don't they don't actually like, know what she's done. Yeah. Just yet, right? So like, it could be anything. Would you look at her like she's done something terrible and like that you're mad for lying like to you? Or would you come sit with her at the end of the day like son? Yeah, I'm a, an eternal optimist when it comes to people. So I would probably give her the benefit of the doubt and go talk to her. I probably would too, just because at that point on the if I was on the island, I, like, wouldn't care what people were before. I would care what they had done in my experience of knowing them. And that's even what we were just talking about with, yeah. with like, some people are garbage sometimes, but it's what you do after, after you've learned. But then again, yeah. she's not learning. She's still trying to run away. So I don't know. Well, the thing is, like, no, she is learning. Here's the thing. Okay. She is learning. It's yeah. that when Kate's well-being is threatened, she reverts back to her old tendencies. Mm. And the thing that she doesn't understand is that on the island, she has learned a better way to do things, which is communication. But because she's very much at her base instinct, Kate, she's going to forget all of that. Right. Okay. So it takes this entire group to really help Kate grow and change and sort of meet herself in the middle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I wrote down in my notes. Oh, yeah. How Kate's instincts change over the whole series Mm -hmm. as from the first season being always flight when it comes to fight or flight. Yeah, Kate first Mm -hmm. and run as fast as you can. And that like sort of is one of her evolving threads over the whole series. Which makes her an incredibly complex and well-written character. It's just... A lot of Kate's narrative, you know, even looking into future seasons, but this isn't really a spoiler, is it gets bogged down by other people's stories. Right. But when you look at Kate's entire arc, she has a beautiful arc where, you know, she learns to kind of be a well-rounded human. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of the other characters don't get that as much as Kate does. I would agree. Sun says, like, you know, she didn't want to hurt him. Like, she wasn't trying to kill anybody. She just wanted, like, Jin to get a little bit sick so that he wouldn't go on the raft. You don't want him to go, do you? No. Is that why you tried to make him sick? Michael and Jin working together all the time. Pretty easy for them to get their water bottles mixed up. I didn't want him to die out there. I just didn't know what to do. I only used enough to make him... I wasn't trying to hurt him. And, you know, that just happened to also help out Kate. If anything, he was just practicing being seasick before he was seasick. Exactly. <laughs> so Jack is like, listen, I won't tell anybody, but, you know, he's going. So you got to say goodbye. And he's right. And he's right. When he said that, d- goodbye just sounds so definitive. Yeah. You know? Say, say see you later. <laughs> I think that's why he picked it, though. Yeah. I, But I don't like that. <laughs> well, and you don't I have imagine, to like it. Well, and I imagine that... Sun also doesn't like that. 
Because right. it's so I mean, definitive yeah. as like, you got to say goodbye. Like he's going to actually die out there. Which Not, is her big fear. we meet again. Good point. Right. Like, I'll see you when you come back. Now, remind the forgetful one in the group, does Jack know anything about their past other than she learned English without him and so they're having some kind of marital issues? I don't think so. Uh, other than the fact that, like, you know, Sun is really good with, like, med- medicinal things and gardens and Jin is really good at, like, fishing. Like, he, he really just knows them as people. Hmm. I wonder if that was Jack's way of, like, trying to help Sun come to terms with something. And he hmm. maybe thought it was a kindness, but it really wasn't. Right. That sounds like something Jack would do. Yeah. And, he, mm-hmm. and you know, it's Jack, so it's done clumsily. Right. Sawyer goes up to Kate and says that he's back on the raft. And she says, are you going to say sorry? And he says, sorry doesn't suit me, which I think is a great line. Yep. Yeah. And it's totally Sawyer, especially season one Sawyer. Yeah, because I was like, <laughs> you look at like Sawyer in the future and you're like, boy. Yeah. <laughs> that guy probably but says sorry all the time. Probably. Yeah. Tur- he's, a, he's a straight up Canadian. Yeah. But what he says is the reason why he wants to leave is because there's nothing worth staying for. And Ooh. I sure have some spoiler thoughts about that. <gasps> we do too. <laughs> Perf. Uh, so then they have this really long glance and she basically just says, be safe. And he goes, okay. It's not having any of it. You know, she could have taken five seconds to be like, sorry that people thought you did it. Right. Considering like she deadass knew who did it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Walt has finally told Mike that he's the one who burned the raft. Mike. Yeah. Mike, Mike Wheeler. Mike. I'm trying. Nope. Those are the only important Mike. Yep. Nope. Yep. (laughs) I didn't want to leave. And I thought I could stop Sorry. Really sorry, Dad. Hey, it's okay, man. We can stay here. You and me. We don't have to go. Yes, we do. Michael is willing to put away all of this, like, like maybe a month of work that he's put on this raft, physical labor, emotional labor, this giant thing that he went through just today. And he's willing to be like, you know what, then we can stay. That's a parent. That's a parent. He's learning. That has to be actually one of his definitive parenting moments is my kid is unsure of something. I'm going to listen to my kid's instincts. That's a parent. Yeah. Yeah. Sacrifice in order to make sure your kid's happy and safe. But Walt says, no, he wants to go now. Yeah, because he's scared of whatever Locke's going to do. Do you think that it's that? Or is it that, like, he's having another premonition slash whatever in which he's thinking, no, like, we're supposed to go? No, I think that he saw whatever he saw yeah. when Locke touched him. Mm, and he's he like, was we like, have to, before okay, that hatch opens, we got to get out yeah. of here. Gotcha. Because, I mean, depending on... You know, going off of the assumption that's a premonition, depending on how far Walt's on to the future, it must be terrifying for him. Right. And, Mm -hmm. like, this is probably the place where whatever Walt's going through is heightened most. So it would make sense that he would want to escape that place just to feel like a normal kid again. Right. Yeah. So Sun comes up. uh, We learn it was Kate's idea. Sun says that she'd always thought that she would be happy after she found a husband or whatever. And I'm like, oh, that's not how that works. How's that going for you? (laughs) 
I'm always happy when I find new TV husbands. Yeah. But otherwise, no, because other people don't fix you. Yeah. Great point. Thanks. You know that those videos where they're like me when something happens and it's just somebody like going hard. Mm -hmm. That's me when the hatch shows up at any time. Absolutely. (laughs) It's like my interest is suddenly peaked to like 9,000. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like even when I was watching it for the first time, I was like, what's in the hatch? Yep. Yes. But that was the point. Like that was the great thing about Lost is I remember when the first season was airing, I wasn't watching the show, but everyone I knew was all, they were all saying, what do you think's in the hatch? What's in the hatch? Like that was the big pop culture question that year is what's in the hatch. Mm -hmm. And then it, you know, you get the answer and you're like, that was way, that was totally worth it. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Should we start talking about flashbacks? The first thing we have here is a blonde convertible lady. Who may that be? Who is it? Uh, It doesn't even look like her. It's very clearly a wig. But here's the thing. Are you guys ready for another of Jaquino's stupid score names? Uh, Hell yeah. Okay. So this song ends up being like Kate's main theme for the rest of the series. Mm -hmm. But um, this is the first time we're really hearing it. And of course, uh, it is called Kate's Motel. I love it. Sam loves it so much. She is like not even laughing. Like her hand is front of her, in front of her face. Like she is like shooketh to the core. It, it gets better though. So okay. here's what it says on Lostpedia. The opening scene is an homage to Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, which in, in which a blonde woman on the run drives into a motel. The hair dye draining in the shower references the film's famous yes. shower sequence in which blood goes down the drain. The film's motel is called the Bates Motel. The music that plays during the scene is called Kate's Motel and incorporates the film's score. Post-Lost, Carlton Cuse produced a TV series based on Psycho called Bates Motel featuring Nestor Carbonell, who is an actor from Lost that we have not seen yet. Yeet! So that's heckin' cool. Dabbed. Stop dabbing! But it's great! I'm celebrating quality content by saluting it with my dab. Whipping is funnier than dabbing! Kate goes and like switches her license plates and stuff because she's a shady lady and steals a hotel room, which can you do that somehow? That's kind of, I almost said cool, but bad. (laughs) I mean, in 2004, 2005, you probably could have managed it now. Well, because everything's electronic now. Exactly. You need to write Bob instead of a right key. But also who leaves a hotel room and just leaves the door open? Um, housekeeping, that was the whole point. No, it was like these people, this family was leaving, left the door open, then the housekeeper came by, went into a different room, and then she took something from the housekeeping cart and went into the open hotel room that those family had done. She took the housekeeping key. Yeah. Because housekeeping has a key that you can get into every room. Oh. I was like, what the f*** is she talking about? That's weird to me then, that like... Wasn't the lady using the key? No, you just use it to open it. Yeah, she was using it to open all the other things, so she's going to be wondering where the hell her key went. Yeah. You don't keep it on your person. Huh. Just keep it on the cart, swipe, go in. But today, the aficionados learn how hotels operate. Dude, I love hotels. I love hotels hotels. so much. Did you just take all of the hair off of your body and put it on my knee? It's not on my body, it's on my shirt. She just took all the Kobe hair and just slowly put it on my clothes. Goals. Like, see how long you can figure it out. 
You're dick. So she's dyeing her hair, and once she gets in the shower, then, you know, then she's Kate again. So there's that. Oh, uh, that's not really how blonde hair dye works, but okay. Well, she's dyeing her hair brunette. Oh, she came <laughs> I get in, it now. She like, came in blonde. I thought she was washing the blonde out. Yeah. Oh, no, no. She was dyeing her hair brown. Gotcha. Okay, so she goes into this thing and she gets her letter thing. And she's going by the name Joan Hart. And there's a fun fact to go with this yes! name. I wrote this down. Uh, so Joan, uh, Joan Hart is the name of the main actress in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Like Melissa Joan Hart. Melissa and Joan Hart, yes. the lady who plays her mom was on Sabrina the Teenage Witch and played uh, Sabrina's aunt. I loved that yes. show. So that's cool. I always Aunt wanted Zelda. a cat like Salem, but instead I wound up with a dumbass. He can't even talk. Yeah, he can't even say words. Wow. Stupid cat. I really want to be, I really like, my lifetime goal is to be a witch. <laughs> I don't care how it happens. I just want to be a witch. So she gets this letter and she sits and like cries in her car and she has the letter and she has a bunch of money. This is actually not a, a thing that's ever answered. We don't know who sent her this letter. Oh, I assumed it was Tom. Well, when you look at the stationery and the handwriting, it's very feminine. Oh, and also, he would have no clue where she was. Right, and, like, this person would have to have sent her something to an alias and everything. Yeah, and it wasn't her mom, obviously. But, like, I do think that in the letter it says, hey, your mom is... having issues with her health and everything. And that's maybe why she's crying. But yeah, we have no idea who actually sent it to her. Okay. Which is weird because they usually are good at answering these questions. One of the few unanswered questions. Yeah. The next time we have it, uh, she is coming to deliver flowers at like, you know, pretending to be a flower delivery person, but she's actually not. Um, There's this announcement over top of the loudspeaker that says like, hospital chaplain to the ICU. And I'm like, yikes. Like, when you just think about that, it's like hospital chaplain to the intensive care unit. Like, does that not just say... Someone's dying. Yes. Someone's dying, and they would like a religious figure now. Yeah, it's foreboding. Like, yikes. Like, even, like, just that little snippet there was just like, ugh, yikes. I, uh... That moment when Kate is carrying the flowers, Mm -hmm. and she walks right past... A cop security person. Yeah. I'm like, that guy's doing a great job. (laughs) Yeah. Like, nobody's getting past him. Had one job, Brandon. (laughs) If so, if like he had an iPhone, then 100% he would have been playing Candy Crush. Yep. Or Angry Birds. Yep. Best Fiends. (laughs) Speaking of, this podcast is sponsored. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag not spons. Hashtag not spons. But. Would like spawns? Would love spawns. <laughs> yeah. Hit us up, best fiends. Uh, her name's Diane Jansen. And uh, yeah, so she walks past a police officer and then she finds Tom. Well, he finds her, I guess, because she's sitting in the back of his car. Which like would kind you of know. be, you know, a, a bit of a, a news flash being like, hey, your car is not safe enough. Somebody could break into your car whenever. Yeah, but also, it's Kate. She could break into any car. That's true. He calls her Katie, which is cute, because I guess that's what her name was uh, when they were younger. 
And Do I think her name is technically Katie Jansen. No, because uh, she she has no, her her mom remarried. Yeah, oh, that's her mom right. Remarried. Yeah. So Austin is is what her last name is. Okay. Of course, she says Diane has cancer because uh, we're not supposed to know that it's her mom yet. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, she needs help so she can go say hi. And it's pretty sweet, actually. Yeah. Uh, so they get to Tom's house, and there's a bunch of pictures of his wife and his son and everything, which just messes me up knowing how he ends up. Yeah. His son was 22 months old. and so like Sam and, I, Sam and I had a small fit when we heard that. Yeah. Just say your kid's almost two years old. Oh, my God, I know. <laughs> 20, okay, how old's your kid? Two months. Honestly, the thing that annoys me the most about this is that he's not 23 months. Oh! Like, <laughs> that would have been so much better. Yeah. I would have been fine with it if they had, like, done that on purpose, but it feels like they didn't. They're like, how old's your child? Uh, like, 600 months or so. Yeah. Now I need to know how many months I am old, because that's what people are actually asking. Yeah. Hey, Siri. So, snaps for Adam. If I'm 28 years old, how many months old am I? I want to see how many months old I am. Yeah. <laughs> Mycount.org, how many months old am I? I was born 1995, March 5th. I am 274 months old. I am 339 months old. Dope. How old are you, Sam? How many months? I am 10,346 days old. Huh. I'm 302 months old. Cool. Okay, I'm going to start telling people that's my age from now on. Hey, um, how old are you? Oh, I'm like 336 months old, give or take. <laughs> oh, people would be like, okay. Robin. I already got it wrong at 339. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dyslexic and that's not a joke. All right, um, snaps for Adam. Adam, who uh, gets Diane some time on the MRI. Shout out to that guy. Shout out. Um, okay, yeah, so his son is named Connor and he's beautiful because of his wife, Rachel, and not because of him, apparently. <laughs> Um, Rachel you know and Connor are gone visiting Rachel's family, but of course, you know, Tom can't really carve out the time to, to go cause he's a, an important doctor man because that's Kate's he's type, a- I guess. But he'll do oh whatever. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Yep. Kate, why? Uh, so the appointment is at 5 a.m. So now they have to chill for a bit and now they decide that they're going to go and get their time capsule. I think it's still there. What? You know what? It's the middle of the night, Katie. We might not get another chance. And it's six paces away from the tree, and then they start digging. It never would have occurred to me to do a time capsule. I've always wanted to, but I don't have the patience. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I participated in one at school or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's a time capsule. I used to work at the... uh, at the stadium sort of place uh, in my town, city, mm-hmm. I guess. And there's a time capsule there. Like, there's a big plaque that says, like, this is when you can open it. For so, when can you open it? I think it's, like, 2020, I think. Oh, okay. So that's soon. Yeah. Okay. I have so many thoughts. So, of course, all three of us are big fans of uh, uh, adult ships. Yes. Ships of adults because they have more potential for something that has happened before. And it's angsty and it's great. Yeah, there's always backstory. So there's this moment where he gives her a beer and he says, it's not fair that you came back. And she says, I know. Please tell me what happened. Theories, headcanons, what happened with these two? Do we never find out? No. Wait, wait, wait. We don't find out why she left him? 
No, like, I don't like, even know what happened between them. They were, like, together in when they were teenagers or anything. I think, I think they were childhood, childhood sweethearts. sweethearts. Yeah. Like, but, I think I feel like that's pretty indicative from the tape. Yeah. And then she runs away in, like, early 20s, I think. Yep. And then he never, like, sees her ever. And he moves on, gets married, has a has a child. Like, she basically forces him to move on because she never comes home. Right. But he doesn't really move on. No. Let's be honest. Yeah. Because, I mean, the first thing, like, you're not really over someone if you're getting into a car with them when they're fleeing the, the law. True. When she's like, dude, he has a gun. Get the heck out of my car. And he's like, nah. Yeah. Like, if you're willing to give up everything for that person, there's still, there's something there. Like, <laughs> he must be because if it was me and I like, she, she was like, hi, Tom. And I turned around in my car. I'd be like, get out. I'm going to call the cops <laughs> right now. You're evil. You left me behind. That was mean. Yeah. And also <laughs> you committed a terrible crime. You killed a person. Bye. Okay, so note to self, don't ever get in the back of Robin's car and expect her to be cool with it. Yeah, if you're a heckin' murderer. You, that too. <laughs> yeah. If you're a heckin' murderer. Well, right? They they finally get their time capsule, which is a New Kids on the Block lunchbox, because that was a big deal in 1989. New Kids on the Block had a... Wait, this was from 1989? That's when they, they buried it, Yeah. That's the year I was born. I know. And Taylor Swift, more importantly. Um, I was born before her, and I own that year, not her. Got it. She yeah. was barely born in 1989. She was born in December. Ugh. You were born in the last half of the year. Man, people who are born in December are garbage, right? Yeah. Man, can't what? stand them. Anybody who's uh, born in December, go ahead and tweet us angrily. <laughs> I feel like she's setting me up for something. I'm sure she is. Anyway. Okay, evil. wait, wait, wait. So they, they start listening to their tape thing. And they recorded on August 15th. Can somebody tell me what August 15th is? Oh, 15 is a number! Yeah, and what's August? Eight. <gasps> it's 8.15, friends. Oh my it's god. It's 8.15. Bum, 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 bum. Snap. Is it on? I don't think it's on. <laughs> it's on. Okay, uh, this is Kate Austin and Tom Brennan. And this is um, our dedication for our time capsule here on August 15th. 1989. Hey, give me that back. <laughs> Why are you putting this stupid plane in there? Because it's cool, Katie. I got it when I flew to Dallas by myself. Ooh, that is cool. Just like this time capsule. It'll be totally cool when we dig it up in like 20 years. How do you know we'll be together? Because we'll be married and you'll be a mom and we'll have nine kids. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. As soon as I get my license, we should just get in a car and drive. Like, you know, run away. You always want to run away, Katie. Yeah, and you know why. Funny how things turn out, huh? Let's dig it up in 20 years. And it hasn't even been 20 years, because if it has been 20 years, it would have been 2009, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So well, close enough. What did she need from in there? Nothing. Or was nothing. she just like... They had nothing to do. They were waiting until 5 a.m. She needed a distraction, and she's like, I'm never going to come back here again. Yeah. So might oh. as well. But, like, this isn't even... 2004. Like, this is before 2004. Yeah. So, like, it's, like, maybe 15 years, maybe. Close enough. Yeah. And he says, in 20 years, they'll be married and they'll have nine kids. That's too many. That's way too many. So, she's like, That's maybe we should many. just run away. And he's like, oh, why you always got to run away? And she's like, you know why. Which, of course, we will talk about in the spoiler yes. section. But anyway, so they kiss. And, you know, 
you want to be like, oh, yay, they're getting back together. But also, like, you know, he has a wife. He has a kid. Like, you're doing the wrong thing. This is morally yeah, reprehensible. Like, they kiss. And I'm like, this is cheating. Yup. Cute. Ouch. And by cute, we mean gross. Yeah, obviously. They get to the hospital. And Diane is there. Um, and she calls her mom. And so she's like, hi, Catherine, or whatever. And she's like, I'm sorry for everything I put you through. And she starts yelling, help, which is also important in the spoiler section. But also, like, she's like, mom, mom, hello, mom, can you hear me? I'm like, girl, it's 5 a.m. She's just waking up. Yeah, she's sleepy. Just give her a second. <laughs> and also, she's really sick. Yeah. So she has to run away and she has to like defeat security cool. and she needs a car and you know then then the police it's a whole action scene the car is blocking the thing Tom please leave he won't get out I am not letting you do this Katie if you cooperate they go easy I've got to go get you can out have a real life Tom come on please no now get out no um they're like he's like maybe if you cooperate you can live like a real life again and she's like Nah. That's not from- How does he still not understand that that's not who she is? And plus, like, she's like, if I cooperate, I'm gonna go to jail for a really long time. Like, what is a real- What is a regular life to you? Yeah. It's like, just because I'll go to jail doesn't mean you and I will be together. Because I'll right. be in jail. Yeah, exactly. Um, So she runs, or like, she drives through the- police officer's vehicle and everything. Tom ends up getting shot, and she has to leave him behind. Ugh. Do you guys think they saved him or he was, like, fully dead? Oh, yeah. He was, like... No, he was fully dead. Yeah. It just messes me up thinking about Rachel. Like, we never met Rachel, yeah. but, like, Rachel goes, takes their son and says, okay, honey, like, we'll be back in, like, maybe five days. We're just gonna go visit my parents. And he goes, great, see you then. And then she gets, I don't know, a call or whatever that basically is just, like, yeah, uh, he was with someone named Kate Austin, um, and, yeah, he died. Like, he, he ruined her life. Mm. And I feel like she's heard about Kate. Yeah, And she's probably. probably like, so she came back and she killed my husband and then she ran away. If I were her, I would have the fiercest vendetta. Yep. But we never hear about her again. Like, I want to know about her story. I really do. Yeah. Because she deserves a story. Like, her entire life was ruined. Yeah. Sad. And the kid. Connor. The 22-month-old kid. Connor. So when he says... Something about no self-respecting man from Iowa. Yes, yeah. Would not drink a beer. Uh-huh. Or, like, would not um, carry beer around literally everywhere he goes. Yeah, I was like, no self-respecting man would live in Iowa. Ah! Oh. <laughs> um, so that's just me being shady. Um, I've never actually been to Iowa. It's probably fine. I'm sure it's But it's also there. landlocked, so, like, what's the point? Then also, oh, just the pure terror on Kate's mom's face, like, haunts me. Oh, yeah, she like, does a great job. Like, partly just because she looks really creepy because she's, like, dying. And then also the, just, like, the way that she slowly gets her voice up enough to scream for help is, yeah. like, terrifying. So Diane is in five episodes. That's her, like, episode count. Yeah. And she's great in every one. Yeah. So now it's time for our favorite line awards. My favorite line goes to John Locke for... All due respect, Jack, but since when do I report to you? Because he's a sassy man. He is a sassy man. He's sassy. And my line award goes to Hurley for... Well, how am I supposed to keep straight who knows what around here? I mean, Steve didn't even know about the polar bear. Steve tries his best. Steve. Steve should know. Poor Steve. At least he didn't say Scott. What? At least he didn't say Scott. <laughs> and then they Scott. were like, Scott's dead. Oh... 
R.I.P. Rip. My favorite line goes to Charlie for... Okay, check this out. This is track two. It's called... Sorry. It's called Monster Eats the Pilot. I love it. I love him. He's the best. Uh, now we're going to talk about light and dark. There was a whole lot of, like, everything on the island really happened during the day, except for that very last scene there. But there was a very distinct difference between the lighting in the flashbacks of yeah. night and day. Mm-hmm. That was the the main light and dark that I picked out. The one that I picked out was Kate's hair going from light to dark. Ooh, that's a good one. Thank you. Of course, I didn't understand how it went from light <laughs> to dark, but... Um, okay, so for Man of Science, Man of Faith, I'm going to name some characters, and we're going to decide whether they're more science or more faith in this episode. So let's start with Kate. Okay. Science. Yeah, I definitely think science. so. Science. Yeah. I think there's an absence of faith for Kate there. Yeah. Uh, Sawyer? Mm. Science? I think science, too. Yeah. Yeah? I mean, because there's no faith, either. Because he's like, let me use whatever avenue I have yeah. to stay on this boat. Yeah. Jack, definitely science. Yeah. Because... Locke, I think, is Faith. Because, oh, of course. Well, he. Yeah. The, the interesting thing is that, like, both Jack and Locke seem to want to open the hatch, but Locke wants to open it because he has faith that something good is inside, and Jack wants to open it because he thinks that something that in there will help them. Yeah. Which is a sad like, thing. I think Locke believes that it's sort of his destiny to do that. Yeah. It's his destiny to open the hatch. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about Saeed? I think oh, science. Oh, I think science. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. he's like, yeah. no, this is why. Yeah. Uh, Michael? Faith. Man of ouchy tummy? Yeah. I think Faith because he has faith in Walt. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Walt, then? Man of, man of ouchy tummy? Yeah. <laughs> like, let's not sleep on the fact that Robin just said that. <laughs> how, how about Walt, then? Faith. Faith. Yeah. Uh, son? Science? Science. Science. Jin? Um, it's really hard. Yeah, he didn't do a lot. Say. Yeah. But he was, like, protecting Michael and stuff. I think Faith. Because he didn't know what was going on, but he defended his friend anyway. Yeah. He, that's true. Yeah. He had faith in Michael. Uh, Hurley? Uh, man of gossip. Yeah. Yeah. Man of yeah. can't <laughs> keep a secret. Yeah. Charlie? Faith. Charlie? Yeah. Charlie's 100% faith. Big faith. Yeah. Big faith. Uh, Claire? Science. Science, Because of yeah. the conversation we had about it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. and then Tom. I think faith. I definitely think faith. Faith, because he keeps believing in Kate, mm-hmm. even when she proves him wrong at every point. Yeah. Do we want to do one for Diane? No, I don't think we know Diane well enough, like, in the yeah. episode. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think we can do Diane when we know her better. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now we're going to do, did they do the thing, which means, did they say the name of the episode in the episode? Not this time, but they sure said the word run a lot. I can't believe they didn't play the song, like, on the radio right. in the background at some point. Yeah. That I mean, might have been two on the notes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that wouldn't be the first time on Lost, though. That's true, yeah. yeah. Nobody got knocked out this episode. What's that about? So, um, three whole episodes since the last knockout. This is, like, tying with our biggest uh, mm-hmm. streak, I think. I'm impressed that Kate didn't knock anyone out. Yeah, it's been three days since yeah. our last nonsense. Um, <clears throat> does this episode pass the Bechdel test? Would you guys say that Kate's conversation with her mom counts? No. No? Considering her mom only said one word. Two words. Two sorry. words, yeah. Yeah, to me well, that's not three words a- actually, because she said Catherine and then she also said help me. Yeah. So okay. So yeah. Nah. 
All right. So here's where we would put listener thoughts. So if you have any listener thoughts, go ahead and uh, you can email us at aficionadospodcast at gmail.com. You can DM us on Twitter at the aficionados, or you can just tweet us. Sometimes we talk about that too. And we would uh, love to talk about it, answer any of your questions, or listen to any things that you have to say. Yeah. Give you a spotlight. Yeah. Talk. Yeah. It's real fun when you turn on one of your podcasts mm-hmm. and then it's like, oh, they're talking about my tweets. Yeah. <laughs> I did that with Riverdale on the way home, and I was like, hey, that's me. That's, <laughs> those are my tweets. Yeah. <laughs> we love shouting other people out because so many people have, like, so many great thoughts, but yeah. they're not mm-hmm. always, like, you know, spoken aloud. So we're like, oh, yeah, let's let's talk about it. Let's, mm-hmm. like, do, do a whole conversation about this. Yeah. Yeah. And our listeners are so freaking smart. Yeah. They are smarter than we are. The truth comes out. They, they correct us a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for our segment after the outro. We'll be discussing this episode within the context of the rest of the series. Please be aware that this will be rampant with spoilers, so proceed with caution. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. If you're a fan of The 100, we'd like to talk about that show too. This week when we're recording, we're going to our convention. Our and we're really excited. We're going to talk on a panel. It's going to be really exciting. Um, but yeah, if you're a fan of The 100, go ahead and check out our other podcast. And we'll be talking about Season 5 on April 24th when it... When it premieres. Exciting. And hopefully the trailer at some point before that. But, you know, who knows at this point. Correct. And if you're a fan of Riverdale, we will resume talking about that uh, this week. And this week would be mid-January because it's back from hiatus. So we are currently making our way through season two. And you can also listen to our thoughts on season one. Yeah. And I'll be there for that. (laughs) Yes, you will. Uh, You can follow at The Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Redbubble, YouTube soonish or whatever. But on our Tumblr, I have started making gift sets of every single favorite line award that we have ever done. So it's uh, theaficionados.tumblr.com. Go check it out. I'm having fun just learning how to make gifts. (laughs) It's great. She learned how to make gifts so fast. It took a night. I'm so impressed. Yeah. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaficionados. Um, if you have a dollar to spare, would really appreciate it. And um, thank you to all of our patrons who support us weekly and monthly. You guys are actual superheroes to us, and it really helps us pay for everything that goes into running a podcast, which turns out is a lot of money. Yeah, and if if you're thinking like, ah, yeah, I do want to become a patron, but um, you know, it'd be cool if this was a perk or whatever. Please tweet us because we would love to do it. Yeah, like what what people want, we are willing to do. Yeah. Uh, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. Sam, thank you so much for coming on this episode. Thank, thank you so Sam. much for having me. Yay. Where can we find you on the internet? You can find me at Twitter at Sam Casey's, which is S-A-M-C-A-S-E-Y-S. Dope. And join us next week for episode 123, Exodus Part 1. The way that we'll be doing the season finale is we're going to be doing Exodus Part 1 separately and then Exodus Parts 2 and 3 together for a longer finale. And we will be having our guest, Joe Garfine of Cancer Gets Lost on for all of those episodes. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Joe has actually is such a big Lost fan that she is on these special features of Lost. Yeah, it's so cool. At one point I was watching it and I was like, wait, I know her. Yeah, so follow Joe on social media. Go follow Cancer Gets Lost on social media and uh, experience the joy that is Joe. Yeah. Yes. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Spoilers. Spoilers. Gonna talk spoilers. 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 Gonna talk spoilers. This is where Sarah sings us a song.
Welcome to the spoiler section. Hi. Poor Sarah. Oh, hi. Let's go through my... I see you guys have written down some points already. Do you guys want to talk about those first? Uh, sure. I did not write those. Did you write I those? I did it. Okay. I was going to be like, well, I didn't. I was like, who wrote that? Me. Alrighty. So the first thing that I had down here was that uh, Kate uses the name Joan Hart, and she actually ends up using that again in season six in an episode called What Kate Does. Does. Yeah. There's an episode in season two oh. called What Kate Did, and there's an episode in season six called What Kate Does. So I'm just checking to make sure it was that. Um, but yeah, so she uses that one again. What, nice. is, what does she use the name for? Okay, so Claire goes into like a half labor and then she has to take her to the hospital and then the police officers come in and they say, hey, um, have you seen Miss Hart? And she's like, what? And she's like, the lady who you signed in with, Joan Hart, we're looking for her. And Claire's like, oh yeah, um, yeah, she's just a cab driver. Um, She left. Oh my God, okay. So yeah, that's it. Um, the next one is that Charlie talks about the drive shaft record spike in sales and such. When Naomi comes down to the island and everything, she's just like, hey, are you the guy from drive shaft? And he's like, yeah. She's like, man, they had a huge thing. Like there was a greatest hits album that came out. Like when you died, everyone was freaking out. So like this, it, it actually happened. He was right. Yeah. I love him so much. Okay, the next one is that Arst was lying. Let me go ahead and pull up that thing about him lying and why he lied. Do, 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 do. Found it. So what we got for Tropical Depression, uh, Arst admits he made up the story about the monsoon season because he wanted them to launch the raft as soon as possible. He then tells an uncomfortable Michael that he went to Sydney to meet a woman who he had met on the internet, but that she disappeared during their first dinner in a restaurant. The worst part is he could have stayed and visited some bars in Sydney, but instead he booked an early flight back to Los Angeles on Oceanic Flight 815. Michael says he would love to feel sorry for him, but none of them wanted to be on, on the island. Arst apologizes for lying and Michael leaves saying the raft is finished and they're going to bring back help. So I think he was literally just lying because he wanted to get off the island faster. Yeah. So. Which is just danger, 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 danger. Yeah. I feel like he has a habit of just doing things. Like mansplaining things that get him in trouble. Right. No, yeah, that sounds like him. Like he mansplains the weather in order to get them to leave faster. And then he mansplains some bombs and dies. Right? He blows up, right? He heckin' blows up and That's Hurley says, laughing. you got some arst on ya. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and he mansplains spiders, too. Yep. And he's mansplaining all over the place in season six when he's colleagues with Ben, too. Yeah. Oh, God. Ben must hate him. They're I've actually pretty this. good friends in season six. Oh. Yeah. It's cute. Saeed talks about how it was never meant to be opened from the outside. Which, I mean, I feel like they should listen to. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know that it says quarantine as of right now. Yeah, that's true. And Desmond doesn't want out. I mean, the the funniest thing about the hatch, I think, is that, like, there's a back door that they just never found. Where is the back door? I think it's just, like, a couple feet over, like... It's like a legit just like a door that Desmond goes through. And at one point Faraday knocks on and Desmond comes out. Yeah. I don't know how, like when Desmond is down there, how does he use that door? Like, does he think about it at all? Use the back door or or use the hatch? Like when Desmond would go out, does he go out through the door? No, he goes throughout the back door. Yeah, the back door. Okay, so he would use that when he was down there. 
Like, when he went out in the hazmat. Right, and so, like, the hatch is kind of something he's not even thinking about. Like, I don't even know why the hatch was made. Like, when I'm thinking back to season five and how Radzinski has has designed this hatch and everything, and they're making the actual hatch, like, when the incident occurs, I don't know what the point of the hatch is if they're going to have a back door. I mean, it's probably always that you need two exits. Right, I guess that makes sense, yeah. Well, I think, I mean, it was probably also part of, like, the mental experience experiment on right. whoever was in there. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Okay. The new kids on the block lunchbox, uh, we see, once again, we see Tom Brennan only one other time in this series, which is in the incident, the season five finale, when he and Kate are stealing the new kids on the block lunchbox. And um, they get caught, so Jacob buys it for them. Oh my god, I never connected that. Yeah. <gasps> Also, I like that a lot of this season is tied in quite tightly to season five. Yeah, it really is. Like, more than I think other seasons mm-hmm. are. I love that it all comes back to, like, yeah. the original. Kate talks about how, like, past Kate says that she she always wants to run and you know why. And we know that's because of her stepfather, who ends up being her yeah. actual father, Wayne, who's the person that she ends up murdering. That's I my mean, girl! Mood. Walt tells... Lock not to open the hatch. What do we think Walt saw if this is a premonition? I think Walt saw the entire future. I wonder if Walt saw like the end of season two when the hatch like blew up. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Or something like that. Because like if he just saw Desmond down there chilling, there's no reason to be afraid of that guy. Yeah. But if he sees all the way forward, then he sees the chain of events that happened after the hatch opens, which is Lock dying. Oh. Right, but then why does he say, no, we should leave the island if he has seen himself be taken by the others? Because I don't think he sees himself being taken by the others. I think he just, I think the way Walt's powers work is what he, when he touches someone, he sees their specific future. Okay, okay. So I think he specifically sees the bad things that happen to Locke, but he doesn't see the things that happen to himself. Okay, that's fair. That's the only way I can think to make sense of it. Because they don't ever really explain what the hell is going on with Walt. No, not really. Like, that's probably the biggest mystery of Lost. Diane yells help. And in an episode called Left Behind, which I believe is in season three, Kate goes to, like, her and Cassidy make this ruse so that Diane will go in the back. And Kate's there to talk to her. And Diane's, like, yelling at Kate saying, the next time I see you, I'm going to yell for help. Oh, because you're terrifying. You're not the daughter that I had, or whatever. Ouch! Yeah. And so she does. Well, like she's that's really terrifying. But also afterward, like when Kate is one of the Oceanic Six, then her mom stops being the chief witness so that Kate doesn't go to jail, so that she can meet her grandson, who isn't actually her grandson. But yeah. Which I think is, like, her way of trying to repair some of the stuff that went wrong between them. Yeah. Um, second, lastly, uh, Sawyer says that there's nothing worth staying for. And then later he chooses not to go, like, on the freighter because there's nothing worth leaving for. Because <laughs> Juliet. Or, like, there's nothing left <gasps> on the, like, what's the point of leaving when there's nothing on the mainland or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And his everything is already there. He yeah. just hasn't met her yet. He just needs to know that the love of his life is waiting for him, and they can go Dutch. 
Uh, yep. Uh, and then the last one I had was just Walt saying that they uh, should go on the raft and wondering why he said that or whatever, but we kind of already talked about it. Yeah. Oh, Walt. I wish I understood Walt more. Yeah. But of course, you know, Malcolm started growing up too fast and they were like, well, that's what you get when you use child actors. You got to get rid of them. <laughs> but it's like, honestly, you could use, like, if Walt's already a supernatural being, basically, you could explain away a lot of what happens with him. Him, like, growing up so fast and yeah. such. Yeah. Yeah. And especially since the island, like, fusses with time travel mess. Exactly. Like, he could move into the future and. Yeah, like, it's stuff. future Walt. Like, Walt disappears. And you're like, what the hell? And then Walt reappears. And then the big mystery is, oh, who is this older Walt? Right. Taller ghost Walt. Exactly. Yeah. Taller ghost Walt. See, we did a better job than they did. (laughs) And it took us five seconds. How does an entire writer's room not come up with this solution? I don't know. Maybe Malcolm wanted to go. I don't know. Mm, Maybe. Okay, Sam, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Thank Thank you you so much for having me. You want to tell us what your Twitter is again one more time? It is Sam Casey's, which is my name. Dope. S-A-M-C-A-S-E-Y-S. Um, oh, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. Pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. You can follow at the Aficionados on most places. Just search us. Yeah, you'll find us. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash the Aficionados. Help! Thanks. Help. I need somebody help. Not just anybody. Help. You know I need someone. Help. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. (laughs) Get your hands off me, boy.